Welcome back to the Montgomery Companies Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Montgomery. And today I get to let you in on a recent conversation through our leadership series with Mike O'Connell and Calvin Graybach-Keel. I wanna give a quick shout out to Northwestern Mutual who allows us to conduct these leadership conversations. We invited in our special guest, Mike O'Connell, and my co-host in those sessions, Calvin Graybach-Keel. We just had an awesome conversation about leadership development, vision, values, communication, and I think you're really gonna enjoy learning about leadership from these two guys, Mike and Calvin. Regardless of where you're at on the leadership continuum, if you're an emerging leader or newer to your career, industry, or company, or you're a developed, seasoned leader, maybe you've been leading in your community or in your family or in your company for a long time, I think there's something in this episode for you. I think you're gonna enjoy your time with Mike, with Calvin, get the notepad ready, I'm excited. Welcome to the conversation. So with that, I want to turn it over to Calvin. Calvin is married to Paige. They live in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Calvin is the managing partner at Northwestern Mutual, a Fortune 100 company, and his office is located in Cedar Rapids. Calvin is the youngest managing partner in all of Northwestern Mutual, and it's because of Calvin and his leadership team that we get to do these sessions. So if you're with Scobman Realty, uh, John Deere, Coldwell Banker, we know we have so many companies, so many friends of the firm that are with us today. I want to thank you for participating. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to Calvin Graybach-Q. Thank you, Jordan. And welcome, everybody. It is great to have you all from around the eastern side of the state. Regardless of where you are residing today, we are happy that you are with us. And Jordan and I are both thrilled and excited that you get to learn and that you get to take notes from Mike. Uh, there will be a few different reasons why I'm excited uh, that Mike is here. And he doesn't even know why I'm so excited that he's here today, but you are in for a treat. And I think the timing is absolutely perfect that you get to hear from Mike in the month of December. For all of us, right, this is the last month of the calendar year. And I think we should acknowledge that there are many individuals that are in their workspace daily, twiddling their thumbs, sitting around, waiting for the finale of the calendar year. So if there was a time to create separation, to create a delineation, a distance between you and others, I don't know if there's a better time throughout the calendar year than these last two weeks or last three weeks to really finish strong so that you start fast. Because when you finish strong and you start fast, it has a compounding effect for the year that is ahead of you. And that year that is ahead of all of you comes with goals, comes with accomplishments that you desire. And those will not happen by accident. Those require intentionality and they require effort. And some of the things that you're going to get to hear from Mike today are going to aid in that destination that you desire to achieve in 2022. So thank you for being with us today. We are excited to have you. Hey, as we introduce Mike, we're going to quickly unpack separation season because here's what somebody's thinking, Calvin. Somebody's thinking, this is a season where I rest and recover with my family. I'm not trying to separate from anybody. Well, it's not just about separating from your competition. It's about separating from the old you. And it's not just about separating in business. It's about separating in your life. So this holiday season, we'd have you thinking about separating in your fitness, separating with your diet, separating in your mind, separating in your leadership. It's about making incremental change that will move you forward in your journey. So are you going to spend 10 minutes a day reading or podcasting because you have the extra time? Are you going to go deeper with your fitness? Are you going to pay more attention to the food that you put in your body? This is a season where so many people get lazy and lackadaisical. And I think if it's a season for us where we decide to dig deep and make incremental change, we'll gain momentum 
as we go forward into the new year. So this isn't about taking time away from family. It's exactly the opposite. Serve your family in a greater way. Be more present. Make an incremental change. Put the phone away. Say, hey, I'm going to be a better family man or I'm going to be a better mom. I'm going to be a better husband. I'm going to be a better father. I'm going to be a better friend. And I'm going to think about my vision in a strategic way that also allows me to grow in my leadership. So with that, I want to introduce our friend, Mike O'Connell. Some of you heard Mike O'Connell speak two years ago at the Montgomery Companies Summit. Mike was voted the best speaker at that summit event. He actually opened our time together. Mike currently resides in Omaha, Nebraska. He's a pastor at Love Church. He's a former professional athlete, and he is an Iowa City native. Unfortunately, he played football at Iowa State University. (laughs) It's an unfortunate part of Mike's background, but he was an all Big 12 safety. He is mega gifted. He's specifically gifted in the areas of communication and loves the topic of leadership development. Mike is developing several hundred leaders in the city of Omaha. He's one of my favorite guys to spend time with and talk to. Married to Jerrica, has three children, and he's with us today to help us grow and get better. So, Mike, thank you for being with us, brother. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really privileged and honored to be on the call today. Hopefully, we can add a little bit of value today and over the next you know, 50 minutes or so, leave this, uh, leave this call better, right? That's what we're here to do is grow, lean in, and it's a privilege to spend some time with you guys. Well, Mike, I think all of us are feeling this um, in our leadership journey. We're coming into a unique season. It's year end. We're all running to the finish line, and then we're going to be ready to rest and recover. And so as Calvin and I share this idea of separation season, and you don't know what questions we're about to ask you, just so our audience knows. I'm putting you on the spot. But when you think about this whole idea of separation season and how that affects the leadership journey, um, what are you sharing with leaders about using this time wisely? Yeah, well, you know, when I hear the idea of separation season and I think about this time of year, whether it's for myself personally, the teams I'm leading, the people that I get to speak and coach, really one of the things I'm always talking about and stressing is the power of rhythms and seasons. You know, I think uh, one of the things that prohibits us from moving forward in our growth is our lack of awareness of seasons and rhythms. And I think that this was something that I developed uh, in my days of being an athlete. You know, everything was very meticulous down to what we did on certain days. You know, everything was about preparation for the big game, quote unquote. But it was these rhythms that have transferred to, to my life. And I think that when we're coming up on year end and starting a new year, um, to your point, this is not a time to check out mentally. If anything, if, uh, if, if we're gaining some more time or, or maybe our workload is a little lighter, this is an opportunity to get some awareness around where we can grow in this particular season and really begin leaning into that. You know, we're going to talk about it, I think a little bit today, but you know, as a leader, the power of vision, right? Like you got to see it before it comes to fruition. And but but we never stop to actually catch the vision of where we're going. I think this is a great time to lean in personally and then specifically for you organizational leaders. Where are you taking your teams? Are you taking time in this season to evaluate, right, to look back at what this year has represented, to find maybe the small ways that you can get just a little bit better in this next year? I think this month is the greatest opportunity that we have to accelerate our growth by putting together a game plan. Mike, I really appreciate you sharing the power of rhythm 
and the power and seasons that we have throughout the year, but throughout the life, your life. And I, I do agree with you that that lack of awareness of those seasons of that rhythm can create unintentional headwinds. And that lack of awareness, right, can be a bit of a prohibitor versus if you are aware of that, how you can take advantage of that or how you talk about leaning into that. And one of the things I just heard you talk about was the power of vision. And I would love you to share with the group as you're constantly talking about vision. And a vision typically is accomplished by more than just us, right? That takes the team. And you've been playing with teams. You've been working with teams like since you were little. So can you incorporate that thought on the power of vision and then continually communicate and drive in that with the team? Yeah, one of my one of my favorite quotes when it comes to vision, and this was said by Michael Hyatt, he says this, if you don't design a vision, you will drift into the future and nobody drifts to a desired destination. You know, when we think about leadership, specifically when it comes to vision for the organization or personally, the reality is, is, is vision leaks, right? And so people need to constantly be reminded about why we're doing what we're doing and where we're going in that process. And, um, and so when we really think about this idea, I think so often we can get caught in the process or the how we're going to execute something, but it starts with vision. We got to first figure out our North Star, right? We know that vision wins. I mean, think about the Wright brothers, right? They had no training in aviation. They didn't graduate from high school, but they had a vision. And the right vision will always attract the right strategy and resources. I like what P.K. Bernard says. He says, a man without a vision is a man without a future. A man without a future will always return to his past. You know, Stephen Covey says to begin with the end in mind. So I just think that vision is so crucial, not only for where we're going personally, but where we're going as an organization, professionally, we need, to, we need to cast the vision and we need to communicate the vision. I think here's the challenge sometimes when it comes to the idea of vision for organizational leaders is the vision oftentimes for the visionary leader is so clear in their mind. They think that the people around them see the same thing that they see. Hmm. The reality is, is they don't see what you see. You have to communicate to them what you see. And as you do that, you're transferring that vision. Now it becomes their vision. And now we can row in the same direction. And the likelihood of that thing coming to fruition is much higher. Um, you know, I, I like to say this. It's not a vision until it's written down. So, so what I would challenge every leader in here to do, whether it's personally or professionally, is I want you to take some time over the next month. And I want you to, to, to create space where you can get vision. How many of you know that? Uh, imagination, right? When we're kids, we use our imagination. Somehow when we grow as adults, we stop using our imagination. Well, guess what? Your imagination is free. Talk about an amazing tool. Let's tap into our imagination. What could be? We got to get a clear picture about what could be. And then there's something that happens in our subconscious when we get this clear picture. We begin to move and take steps as that picture gets more clear. So, man, I just I love the idea of vision. I think vision is powerful and I think vision is necessary if we're going to be successful as individuals and if our organization is going to thrive. Well, if you spend two minutes with Mike O'Connell, you know that Mike O'Connell is a gifted communicator. And you talked about the power of not just uh, having a vision, but then being able to share it, being able to communicate to a group of people around you. You know, when we get asked 
uh, when somebody says, hey, I want to grow in my communication skills, you're the first person on our coaching team that we would refer them to. You believe that great leaders are great communicators and great communicators make great leaders. So here's what I want to know. And here's what I'd like for you to share for those people that are saying, gosh, I'd love to communicate my vision more clearly. I want to become a better communicator. What are some of the principles that you're working on with leaders right now, Mike, just helping them grow, helping them to grow in their communication skills? Um, I think this is interesting. When you're tired of talking about the vision, you're half done. You got to keep selling that thing. You got to keep communicating that thing. And the reality is, is the only way to grow in communication, I believe, is to get reps. So you got to practice. You, you got to practice communicating. And you practice by communicating over and over and over. And then, Jordan, you say this all the time, but feedback is the breakfast of champions. You know, if, if I'm going to grow in my communication, I need some people that are around me that are going to be truth tellers on how that that thing is being communicated about how I'm is what I'm saying actually landing because a lot of times as leaders people look up to you so they're going to pat you on the back they're going to tell you you're doing a great job but the reality is 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 great communication isn't just the words that we say but it's how we say it it's a transfer of belief that's the power of communication is you have to overcome that so if you're in the sales profession right a lot of times when you sit down with somebody They've got a preconceived notion. They've got an idea made up in their mind about you. So as you begin to open your mouth and communicate and connect with the human, all of a sudden you begin to change their beliefs. I mean, that's how you win people over. So communication is a transfer of belief. And so, listen, if you don't believe in what you're communicating, the, pe the person across from you isn't going to believe in it as well. Now, here's what I'll say about great communication is in order to be a great communicator, you got to first be a great listener. Because if you're not listening, then you're not going to be communicating the right message. I think this is where a lot of leaders fail. And so for me, I'm continually trying to listen to the audience that I'm going to be communicating with. What is it that they need to hear? It doesn't need to be cute. You don't need to use these profound words. If you confuse, you lose. Uh, Donald Miller says, communicate at a fourth grade level. I know that sounds crazy, but the reality is, is communication is all about getting people to take action. And so those are a couple of my things that I'm sharing with communicators, but practice. I mean, practice your sales pitch in your car by yourself. If you want to be a, a communicator that stands on stages in front of thousands, Stand in a mirror and deliver a message looking into your own eyes. I mean, there are ways to get better. When you're reading your kids' books at night, articulate every word on the page. I mean, these are ways that I'm practically trying to get better at communication. It's the small things. But when you, when you take those small opportunities and you just believe those are going to lead to big ones, now when you're doing the thing that you feel like you were created to do and communicating in those spaces and places that you want to, you're going to be much more effective. Mike, that is so good. And a couple of things I heard you say is that, you know, when you're tired of talking about the vision, you're about half done. And I heard you say that you got to practice your communication and you got to share some of that with truth tellers, right? The crap detectors to make sure that what you're communicating is what you're supposed to be. And great communicators are great listeners. Yeah. And one thing that I want to ask you on that topic is, you know, when we are communicating, whether it's a vision or whether it's something else, 
how, how are you checking in with the audience, with the individual to get a sense of like, if your message is landing the way that you hoped it would land so that you know there's alignment? That's it. Yeah. Well, I think obviously when you're, when it's one to many, like in other words, if I'm standing in a room and communicating to a large audience, which I do on a regular basis, uh, more times than not, I'm, got, I'm not going to stop in the middle of a talk and ask for feedback right then and there. But in most of the communication settings that most of us operate in on a day-to-day basis, you can ask a simple question. What do you hear me saying? It's really simple, but it's really profound because now they're going to repeat back to you how they interpreted what you said. And the beauty with this is it's either going to affirm that what they heard was what you were really trying to say, or you're going to find out real quick that what I just put out into the world, they didn't perceive it how I wanted them to. So now you're giving yourself an opportunity to, uh, to build upon that communication, to articulate it and, and make sense of what you're really trying to make sense of. So that's a small tool that I'll use with our team all the time, casting a vision. We're talking about something. Okay. What are you hearing me saying? get some feedback from some real-time feedback. And then that gives me a sense of if what I said was actually landing. Yeah, and staying on this topic of communication, Mike, I love what you said about it. It's not just what you say, it's how you say it. Um, you have natural levels, and I would say Calvin also has natural levels of high energy. You communicate in a very positive way. And I love what our friend John Gordon says. He says, I'm not positive because life is easy. I'm positive because life is difficult. And I think you would sign off on this. It's a leader's job to control the energy in the room. And I think you do a great job of controlling the energy. So what are you doing in your organization to raise the energy, to control the energy, and to maintain positive work culture? I love it. I think, well, it starts with setting the intentions. You can't create energy or the environment that you want without first having vision for the energy and environment that you want. So we do small things. When we walk into the meeting room as a team, there's 16 of us. uh, We just start giving each other high fives. How many of you know that there's power in the physical touch, the high five, it sets the tone. Um, It's literally a physical action that says, I'm going to be a thermostat today, not a thermometer. And that's really what I'm I'm saying to myself in every environment that I'm walking into is I want to go into this environment and set the tone. I don't want to react to it. And many of you who are communicators, you understand that that is the job of a leader. And here's the reality. You know, we want to be vulnerable. We want to be transparent. There's a time to to not fake it, right? But I will say this, that courage and confidence look the same on the outside, but they're different on the inside. And as a leader, you've got to make the courageous decision every single day that no matter how you feel on the inside, you're going to show up. And that's just part of what you signed up for as a leader. And so if you're in the communication business, that's just the reality of what you signed up for. So you got to set your intentions. You got to find a way to overcome some of the emotions or things that may be going on the inside. And as you practice that over time, uh, you just get better and better at being able to do that. And then obviously, um, there are certain environments where that vulnerability and transparency is extremely important. I think what, I, what I'm seeing with a lot of leaders today, Jordan, is we've got our front stage life 
and we've got our backstage life. Front stage is where we perform. That's where we show up. That's, that's where we're in the office. We're leading. We're, we're executing. We're producing. We're selling. We're making things happen. The backstage life is often neglected uh, as a result of focusing too much on the front stage life. We, we've got to have this holistic approach because it's just a matter of time. If you neglect the backstage life, it's going to show up in your leadership. You can maybe get through a, 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 a tough season, a tough year, a tough stretch of years. But I'm just telling you, if you're an unhealthy leader on the, in the backstage, it will catch up with you uh, on the front stage. Mike, thanks for sharing that. I think there's so many times that we need to delineate between the backstage and the front stage. And I think often, you know, what we decide to say no to and what we decide to say yes to, right, can influence that. And so I know that one of your favorite quotes is that if you aren't saying no to good things, you're not saying no enough. So can you tell the audience or talk a little bit about in your leadership journey how you've continued to prioritize that and how you make those choices to say yes versus say no? Absolutely. Well, you know, as leaders, we're not we're not just in charge of time management, but we're also in charge of energy management. And so. The, the reason why I love this idea of if you're not saying no to good things, you aren't saying no enough, is the reality is, is every yes, and this is what I'm always constantly challenging leaders in, every time you say yes, you are saying no to things. So the things that you're currently already doing and saying yes to, you already are already saying no to other things. The reality is, is most leaders just don't know what those things are. That's why we need to, to really step back and I think for all of us, we need to be thinking about and focusing on high leverage activity, high leverage act activity, right? And, and what, what is going to allow us to produce? I think distraction is the enemy to a fruitful life, right? And I think a lot of times we're distracted, we're, we're saying yes to certain things that pull us away from our highest priorities. And I think it's just a matter of time before that's going to lead to a health crisis, or a relational crisis. So, so I want to say this to a leader, don't sacrifice what's most important on the altar of your ambition. Don't do it. Don't sacrifice what's most important on the altar of ambition. It will eventually lead to a health crisis or a relational crisis. And if you find yourself there today, can I tell you there's hope? I mean, you're, you're a slight adjustment away. You are maybe one or two no's away from getting back on track, you just gotta have the courage to do it. And, and that might require you getting uncomfortable, getting better with your time, making the decision to do something at a different time. That's why, that's why I talk a lot about rhythm. I mean, you gotta be evaluating each season's different. Seven years ago, what this looked like for me is completely different than right now with a wife and three children, you know, and leading at the level that I am. So we just always gotta be in touch. And I think we, we, never, we never just, arrive this is constantly something we have to be evaluating Jordan, so, can so we, good can we just acknowledge like a top 10 quota of 2021 is don't sacrifice what's most important on the altar of ambition there's so not good. many than that right there <laughs> so so good yeah it's, it's also a good time just to say mike thank you for spending time with this group this is this is awesome i'm learning a ton i got two pages of notes i know so many of our friends are learning as we're sharing uh, one of those friends that all three of us share in common is Adam Corpstein. He's got a question. We have tons of questions rolling in. We're not going to get to all of them. 
Uh, content is so good. Adam's question is, how far do you go out with the vision? Right. So you hear there, there's varying opinions on like how, how far out should you cast a vision? Is it a year? Is it five years? Is it 20 years? When you think about how far out you go when you're casting and sharing vision, Mike, how, how far out do you go? How do you view that? I love it. Yeah. So for, for me, uh, just what's been working for me is, is focus on a one year, a three year and a 10 year vision with a, with a majority of our focus and kind of boots on the ground on the one year. In other words, um, for, for, for me personally and professionally, uh, we break down the calendar year in, instead of quarters for us, it's in three seasons. So I'm working on four month, uh, a four month season and, uh, it's three months where it's on months and then one month off month. The off month is always an evaluation month. And so in each season, I'm going to spend a full day focusing on where are we at with the one-year vision? Mm. We're going to evaluate the three-year vision. And then we're not even going to focus on the 10-year. The 10-year is going to happen once a year. So like at an, at an annual point. So this time of year is when I would pause and say, okay, where do I want to be in 10 years? Where do, we want to, where do I want to be personally? And then where do we want to be as an organization in 10 years? With a majority of our focus on the three-year and the one-year. And so creating these sorts of rhythms and getting clarity around this and then measuring that. So, so within each of those seasons, we're, I'm creating rocks or goals, much like many of you, that, that would, that would um, put us on track to accomplish the one-year vision. Does that make sense? So we're creating strategically these checkpoints to evaluate, is this the direction we need to keep moving in or do we need to pivot to the right or to the left? Yeah, it's really good. Matthew Kelly says it like this, the time that you spend thinking about is directly related to the, uh, to the opportunity that you create. So the, the further you go out, you know, the, the bigger the opportunity. Now you got to be strategic and we don't have time to get into the intricacies of that today, but there's a book called the dream manager by Matthew Kelly. It's a fantastic book. It's all about having vision, creating vision. That'd be a great resource for those listening. The other one that I know the two of you love is the vision driven leader by Michael Hyatt. Oh yeah. And I would check out uh, that book for sure. Absolutely. I'm going to put Calvin on the spot with this question too. Michael, go to you first. Connor Welvert, the king of the QC, he asks this question. You mentioned rhythms are important. What is your daily, weekly routine to ensure you're continuing to grow and you're not staying stagnant? So, Michael, I'll go to you first with rhythm, rhythms, and then Calvin, I'd love for you to piggyback that question. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. So for me. Again, when it comes to, to rhythms, I'm thinking about peak production and fulfillment. So I'm, I'm always trying to figure out and experiment with optimal environments and rhythms um, that where, where I'm asking these two questions, what's draining me and what's sustaining me? I want to understand what's fueling me and what's refreshing me. And so doing audits uh, for three weeks at a time and figuring out how I'm spending my time is a great place to start on if the current rhythm that I'm utilizing is working or not working. But there are some fundamental things that I think you hear a lot in the personal growth development space that you can be doing to assure that you're continuing to grow. Uh, no, number one, uh, leaders are readers and readers are leaders. For me, the morning routine is crucial. If I, if you know, so I, I'm a, I'm a believer. And so for me, my faith is important. If I'm starting my day in the word of God and in prayer, and then reading some sort of growth development 
piece of content, whether that's a podcast, a book, whatever that looks like. If those two things happen and then I get a workout in, I pretty much know that that for me is, is the routine that's going to lead to growth. And then the, the other thing that I would add to this is you got to find some mentors. So those that are going before you, those that are running with you, and those that are even behind you. I want to learn from all three of those kinds of people in my life. As long as I'm doing my morning routine and I'm surrounded by those kinds of people, I know that I've got a plan to grow. Jordan, one thing I would add to what Mike said is I think all of us would submit that the morning routine is mission critical to winning the day. And I think the secret to having a phenomenal morning routine is to have an evening routine. Yeah. Right? I think many times like we forget the preparation and the success of tomorrow starts tonight. Wow. And so how are you setting up your environment before you go to bed to make sure that when your heat, feet hit the floor in the morning, you know exactly what you're doing, right? It's almost like programming a destination in Google Maps for that day that you have planned out the day before. So just don't forget that the success depends on the evening routine for your morning routine. And a couple of questions as Mike was uh, talking that I thought about for myself was, you know, when you think about the rhythms to create these routines, it's what is giving me energy? What do I need to stop doing? right, in this world where we are always busy because none of us like to be bored. So if we are bored, we find ways to fill it up, which constantly makes us busy. But I think we got to ask ourselves, like, what do we need to stop doing? And then one of my favorite questions when I reflect on what's giving me energy, what do I need to stop doing, is who do I need to be talking to in this next quarter? Mm. Right, like Mike talked about the influences of mentors, right? And many times, like, we have a similar thought loop in our own head. Right. And many times that thought loop can lead us to the deep, dark mental abyss. And so we get stuck here. But if we talk to somebody else, we typically can break that thought loop to move forward and make progress on solutions that we were not able to surface or shine light on by ourselves. So I'm constantly asking, like, who else do I need to be talking to? I think both of you are so consistent in your daily action. And I just commend you for that. You know, it's been said what you do daily establishes who you become permanently. And I just commend both of you on the consistent focus on daily action. Great dovetail to the next question. Tim Harrington, here's a guy who's trying to stay focused. He's got six children. Tim Harrington <laughs> asks this question. This is one of the most distracting seasons for people. As you are leading, how are you continuing to stay focused on what's most important? And Tim is another one of those guys who's a a principled man of, of daily action. Tim, great question. Uh, for both of you, how are you staying focused in a season that for so many people can be full of distraction? Yeah, I think, I think for me, it's, you know, again, it starts with an awareness of, of what is distracting you. And I think that as, as leaders of organizations, of people, it's being willing to talk about it. I love what Calvin said, just the, the power of being in community, whether that's a peer group, whether that's a, a mentorship, whether that's a coaching relationship, trying to get awareness around what it is that is pulling you away from being focused, I think is the first step. Uh, you have to identify what it is, and then you have to be willing to take some action on what those things are. You know, I've found seasons for myself where if I'm really candid and honest, uh, my phone becomes a distraction. It's a great tool to the work that I'm called to do. I'm called to connect with people and 
And this thing right here is a, is a great resource, but it can also be a great distraction. And so what I've tried to do is create some disciplines around how I use this. I want to use this thing. I don't want let to let, I don't want to let this thing use me. I want to have power over this thing. I don't want this thing to have power over me. And I think that's the key. Uh, a, a good thing becomes a bad thing when we give it more power than it was meant to have. The phone is not a bad thing, but it can be a distraction. And are we willing to create systems? Are we willing to leave it in the office for a few hours while we go engage with the family, recognizing that, trust me, everything will be there when we get back. And so I've just had to practice some of these things as I've gotten aware about what's really stopping me from maintaining my focus. Calvin, anything you'd add to that? <clears throat> yeah, I, I would submit that this is a topic that we will all have to endure. We will all struggle with, right? Focus is going to be extremely important as an adult, and it's going to be a difficulty. It's going to be hard for many people. And I think we have to have some confidence, right, in that all of you are planning your years, like you're all planning your months, and you have spent the time strategically thinking, almost down to the exact day, that if I execute this day, it will have a compounding effect. And so if we believe that to be true, then I think when we go throughout our day, which consists of several conversations, because those conversations are impactful to achieving the vision. And your mind has a blizzard of thoughts every single second. But if you can remind yourself that the most important conversation that I have today is the one I'm in right now. Beautiful. That eliminates or limits so good. the distractions that you're going to have. Because if we approach every conversation, whether it's in the office, whether it's at church or at the ball field, like the person you're with right now is the most important conversation you have, your focus will narrow and your impact and your connectivity with that individual will be greater, which means that you typically won't resent, you won't regret the effectiveness of the communication you have. Beautiful. So, so good. And I'm going to go back to part of what you said about your evening routine in the spirit of staying focused, Calvin, isn't it interesting that so many people in the personal development space want to make a big deal about the wake up time? That's kind of like the sexy, cool thing is to talk about like what time you wake up. Nobody talks about when you go to bed. Mm -hmm. And so I know that both of you are just, just people of routine and, and routine and rhythm matters as it relates to your focus, but also preparation matters as it relates to your focus. Mm -hmm. um, we have probably time for one more question. We want to honor time today. We're done at uh, a quarter till the top of the hour. So we have a similar question. I'm going to blend two questions into one. Jay Montgomery and Clay Minders asked a similar question. Clay just got engaged. Congrats, Clay. What's up? Uh, in the Cedar Valley, we love Clay. Clay asked this question. He says, it is understood that growth is found in discomfort. Where are you actively trying to be uncomfortable to allow yourself to grow? Mike O'Connell says it this way, you can have comfort or growth, but you can't have both. OC, I'll start with you. Um, when you think about what you're doing right now to live outside or to stay outside the comfort zone, what does that look like? Yeah, I love it, man. Comfort or growth, but you can't have both. Comfort and growth don't coexist. I think that's, you know, for me, what I'm doing is I'm continually trying to challenge myself um, to step into environments and spaces and places that maybe I've never been before. You know, so for practically for me, how this 
how this uh, plays out might be a little different than how it plays out for you, but the principle is the same. It's having a willingness to lean in and do the thing that is uncomfortable. So for me right now, I feel like God is opening doors for me to use this communication gift in different spaces that I've never been in before. And inside that can be a little uncomfortable. It's not my comfort zone, so to speak. But as I begin to step into this, I'm seeing this massive growth that's taking place. And again, I told you, I told you this earlier, courage and confidence look the same on the outside. So we've got to be willing to make the courageous decision to lean in to the discomfort and let the discomfort develop you. And so yeah. the other thing I would say to, to some of you who are, who are avid workout people, like for me, that's another way that I train my mind is I like to go to this gym that I don't go to on a regular basis. I go there once a month. And I know that when I show up to this gym and work out with this trainer, it is like signing up for death, like straight up. I know I'm crawling out of this place, but I don't just do that because I need it physically. I do it because I need it mentally. He pushes me past my threshold and I like feeling the discomfort because what it's doing is it's telling my brain that I can push forward in the midst of it. So you got to find these small ways in your life. And we have to remember that that stuff transfers over. So when I'm going and I'm continually getting uncomfortable in my training, you better believe that that's helping me step into some of these spaces and places and use the gift that God's given me, even if I feel discomfort. Really good. So good. KGK, thoughts? <clears throat> I don't know if I would add much additional to what Mike said, but I would remind all of us that you have to constantly feel and be aware of what makes you uncomfortable yeah. and teach yourself to do that. Mm right? Because that is how you will expand. And what Mike is talking about expanding your mind is really the most important thing. Because once you've broken through and you've done it one time, you've done something once you can do it again, you can do it consistently and you build that confidence and you build that self-esteem with that activity, with what made you uncomfortable, right? And I think we got to remind ourselves that it's worth it. And that uncomfortableness that helps you grow really allows you and propels you to make an impression and an impact on a lot of people who may not be willing to go there yet, but you can show them the way. And if you're listening today and you're taking notes, it's because you desire to lead. You desire to have an influence. It's good. So one, it's about you, but also it's about helping a lot of people who you care about like family. Yeah. Can I add one more thing to the conversation here, Jordan? Do it, do it. So for those of you, when it comes to this idea of getting uncomfortable, I just want to give you three words that could potentially help you identify what Calvin just said. So I like these three words because they bring language to the process that you might find yourself in. So you've got drudgery, discipline, and delight. And the reality is, is when it comes to various activity in our life, we're, at, we're, we're somewhere within there. And sometimes it, it cycles through. So don't be surprised when you lean into the uncomfortable activity and it feels like drudgery. But if you're willing to be consistent in the drudgery, it turns into a discipline. And the thing that was actually uncomfortable for you to step into two, three, five years ago, don't be surprised when you do that repeatedly over time. Like Jordan says, long obedience in the same direction. Don't be surprised when that actually, when that thing becomes a delight in your life. So that's a good way to kind of figure out where you're at in the process. 
Drudgery, discipline, and delight. I love that. I yep. love that. Thanks for sharing. I've got pages yeah. of notes, fellas. This has been so fun. Um, I love just getting to do this with you. This is a gift to me. I think you impacted a lot of people in the process. And back to this idea of being uncomfortable. Remember, there's two ways to grow. You can either do something you've already done and do more of it, or you can do something new and different. And part of the reason I respect the two of you is you're constantly finding ways to grow. You're always trying to find the edge and you're consistently doing things that are new and different. So before we wrap, um, just 30 seconds, one, one final thought, any final thoughts that you want to share just to send us out today? Yeah, I got a thought. I want to, I want to encourage some people today. If you stop looking at the joy of what you're doing, you will stop. If you stop looking at the joy of what you're doing, you will stop. And this season, fight to find joy in what you're doing. Man, what a joy it is to show up and serve. What a joy it is to sacrificially give. What a joy that it is. Would we find the joy in the work that we've been called to do? Because that perspective is powerful. And when we can practice that gratitude on a daily basis and continue to grow our joy capacity, you better believe that that is in direct proportion to your longevity and anything that you're doing. So if you want to stick the course, if you feel like giving up in this season, man, we got we to gotta find a way to get back to finding joy in what we're doing. Otherwise, we're going to stop. So good. So good. Calvin, anything you want to share? I'm not following that. That's a mic drop. <laughs> That's how you conclude. <laughs> Find the joy. Uh, man, this has been a joy. Thank you. Thanks again for listening. It's been another episode of the Montgomery Company's podcast. Again, special thanks to Mike O'Connell, Calvin Graybach-Keel, and Northwestern Mutual for allowing us to participate in a meaningful conversation on the topic of leadership. We want to say thanks once again to our producers, John Choate and James Roth of Storyline Multimedia. Thank you for all of the work that you do behind the scenes to make these episodes go round. And finally, thanks to you. Thanks to the listener that makes these shows worth it. Um, you spend your valuable time with us and that's not lost on us that you got other things that you could be doing, but you're here getting better. We're a show that helps the leader go farther, faster. And that's you. So God bless you. Thank you uh, for partaking in our in our show we'd love it if you would like share or subscribe to this podcast in an effort that we might move our mission of impact forward be well be awesome have a great day